You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Hello. 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 <laughs> I pursue this. Everyone's like, oh my gosh. Why are they allowed to do that? I don't know. Why, why do we do the things we I do the things I wish I did not. <laughs> That's it. Thank you, Paul, in Romans 7. <laughs> uh, no, yes. but legitimately, thank you. Yeah, also true. Yeah. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty well. Enjoying some delicious, delicious coffee. Oh, yes. Yeah. Alma is the company. Ember is, I believe, the particular type, package, variety, mm-hmm. roast, yeah. whatever. Anyway, yeah. obviously it's a dark roast. Who are we kidding? Who are we but kidding? It's one of my favorites that's actually at a reasonable price. Because you get those favorites, you're like, oh gosh, that's a, that's a tough sell for a two-pound bag. This yeah. is on the affordable end of the two-pound bags. Mm. So it's it's a very comfortable fallback. <laughs> it hurts less. <laughs> the, oh, I mean, yes. Like, honestly, we can get so many cups out of a two-pound bag. We're literally oh, yeah. talking about like, like a dollar a cup, if not less. Yes. No, I... I'd have to redo my calculations, but at one point when I was trying to figure out, mm. I'm a daily coffee drinker, yeah. one cup, and occasionally I'm a two-cupper. Yeah. And the way I worked it out was after my equipment basically paid for itself. Yeah, exactly. Because you're you're measuring this against people who, you know, and if, you, if this is you, I'm not, this is no hate. This is this just, I don't, I can't live that kind of life <laughs> is, uh, you know, if it's like if you did like Starbucks or Stone Tower every day. Yeah. I am jealous, but dang. Yeah. Because Stone Tower's... Stone Great. Best yeah. coffee around. Mm. And it's just, it's a little on the pricier side. True. But the way it worked out, all that is to say, it was something around, I think, like 78 cents a cup. Yeah. For a coffee that, like, the way I make my coffee, mm. which it sounds snooty, but I don't mean it, to be snooty. It's just my favorite yeah. no, drink. Me too. Me it's too. my favorite beverage. It's just like, like, you have the freedom to tailor it to, you know, your own yeah. wishes. So. I make it exactly as I want to make it. Yeah. I think. And it's delicious. If I drink really quite avidly, like maybe two cups a day, I can bring it under, like, the bag's value, potentially, depending on what it is like under 60 cents a cup yeah which is insane yeah you're spending five dollars more per cup at some other locations i yeah. bought i have bought a seven dollar coffee at Stone oh, yeah. tower have i regretted it no <laughs> it was delicious <laughs> but it was also painful <laughs> oh i've actually got a reward now at stone tower i need to go yeah you do use up get me a big honking huge irish cream latte or something definitely something like that definitely, you know yes. it's very good but i actually also just got a fresh batch of coffee in sparrows coffee yes high five blend yeah it's excellent Excellent. i will go back to it very nice it is delicious very nice yes it is indeed very nice i enjoyed a nice big cup of that today making it a new way wait what did you do using it's called a bricka why does it sound it's like a mocha pot okay but it makes it a little differently so you do the same sort of stuff you've got the reservoir for water Uh and the little porta filter equivalent that you grind the coffee into and stick down into it yeah and then the spout piece Mm -hmm. that the coffee is going to be Mm -hmm. coming up into but instead of the normal and if you have a mocha pot you'll understand this and if you don't i'm sorry for belaboring (laughs) you with the technical details you can just hit the fast forward 30 button 30 seconds or 15 seconds however you have it but point being the spout in the middle that's normally open on two sides yes you don't have that in this one okay it has a spout in the middle, but it's got this like cap on it. Oh. And then it pops like all at once and it comes out with a thicker crema. The oh, coffee that's does. Nice. And then you make it and that's it. That's basically it. That's nice. the story. But I got mm. that from a friend and the coffee's excellent. Very nice. It tastes a little I feel like maybe I'm making this up. Maybe it's uh what is that term when 
you would take a pill and it didn't actually have anything in it. But placebo. Placebo effect. Yeah. It may be a placebo effect, but I feel like it, the, the coffee <laughs> yeah. tastes a little fuller and richer. It very well In could. this method. While we're on the topic, I'm sorry, listeners, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> <when> I, <laughs> you know what you're getting in for. You've been listening for over however many episodes now. Exactly. When I was in Missouri visiting Sophia, we, well, she was willing to weather my coffee interest. And uh, I went to a, like a physical brick and mortar shop of Onyx Coffee Labs. Nice. It was, it was like, that is so cool. That's like one of the names, you know, one of the big yeah. names that you want to go to. Like if intelligence has a place you want to go to it if onyx has a place like these oh, yeah. are like the dream locations for for like the the big roasters that you see so that was very cool as were the like six other coffee shops <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. uh, the listeners know what they're getting into and sophia knows what yeah. she was <laughs> getting like, into with the coffee i hope they have a, a tea or a cider that you like <laughs> because <laughs> Not a coffee drinker, huh? Not not especially. Not a coffee Unless drinker. it's like, there are some exceptions yeah. to the rule, but I'm like, hey, do you want to try this? And she's like, regret that. <laughs> uh, that's how Morgan is. Yeah. Well, on a totally different topic, yeah. though coffee is an important part mm. for me of what we're about to talk about. Very true. Today, we're discussing a listener submitted question on the Sabbath. Yeah. So Corey writes, is practicing the Sabbath something we are called to do as Christians? Is it a sin to not practice? What does practicing Sabbath look like to you? What does scripture say about practicing the Sabbath? It's interesting. It feels very much like something that, uh, at least growing up, it was grossly simplified. Like maybe to the detriment of actually having a rich understanding of what it could mean or mm. what it's intended yep. to mean. And that's like not the fault of, I'm not like, that's just sure. what it was, I guess. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I can only understand so much at a young age. But I feel like we're likely prone to create a, a very kind of like almost soft pharisaical attitude oh, yeah. <laughs> without right. really appreciating what this is supposed to offer us. Yes. So. Yes. I agree. It's a very easy, very easy topic to go. Soft and crazy pharisaical. Crazy pharisaical. On, I think, you know. I mean, um, they did. It's happened. Yeah. It's like, it's amazing. This is a temptation that people, people <laughs> feel. So yeah, I think those are all great questions. Yeah. So Let's start off with the ever-helpful exercise of defining our terms. Yes. Always good. The word Sabbath is our English gloss for the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means basically stopping, stoppage, cessation. Cessation day. This <laughs> really rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Yeah. Ah, blessed cessation day to you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, you could say literally it's the stopping day. Yeah. But obviously, we haven't done that. We uh, linguistically, <laughs> uh, we we did a similar thing with the word Shabbat as we did with the Greek term baptizo, yeah. which means we just more or less literally transliterated it. We're yeah. like, oh, we're just going to keep that Hebrew word, that Greek word, and just transliterate it into English. Yeah. Like, that's just what we're going to do. And part of it is because both these terms are so rich. To your point mm -hmm. earlier, it's like, not only does the word, for example, baptizo, the verb, not only does it mean more than most people typically say, like you hear a lot of people like, it means like I dip or I dunk and like that is part of it, but that's one part of the range of what yeah. it means. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, like, do you want to take that one word and try to find one good English word for it with all the richness that's conveyed in it? Like, no, you typically, it's just easier to say, we're going to transliterate the word and then yeah. teach you about it exactly. and let it kind of contain its own meaning. And uh, I suspect... Corey asked if we're called to do this as Christians and whether or not it's a sin if we don't because of what scripture says about the Sabbath. Yeah. And uh, so 
here are two primary Old Testament passages on the Sabbath. And one is from Exodus and the other is from Deuteronomy. And I'm going to read them both because you're going to see that God gives slightly different grounds for the Sabbath in each of these passages. Okay. So Exodus 28 through 11 says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you, your son, your daughter, etc. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Okay. So there is the Exodus version. Mm-hmm. Here it is again in Deuteronomy 5, 12 through 15. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Da, 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 da. And then you get to the end of it. You shall not do any work on the Sabbath. That your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. Hmm. And he also includes there your ox, your donkey, your livestock, the sojourner. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Okay, so Hmm. I know that was a lot of text back to back. So right from the get-go, you see these two seemingly distinct reasons given for the Sabbath command. And while they are indeed distinct, They're really, I think it's safe to say, just two sides of the same coin. Because in Exodus, we're told that the people are to observe the Sabbath because the Lord himself did it. It's like, I created the world in six days, and then on the seventh day, I rested. In Deuteronomy, on the other hand, we're told that the people are to observe the Sabbath so that they might have rest and refreshment from their labors. And all of us around them. And everything around them. And by the way, if you're not working your animals, like your ox and donkey, that also means your land is getting a rest. Yeah. So the reason there has more to do with just refreshment. Yeah. And I think it's also interesting. You do get like in Deuteronomy all this time later, a little bit of a reference Mm -hmm. to the Exodus, to Egypt. Mm -hmm. "Mm." Yes. I I think like to the credit of anyone who would read this and wonder about it's like applicability. I don't know if that's a word. It's application. That would be a more normal way to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Like the ties to, you know, the deliverance from Egypt Mm -hmm. and everything. It, It does or it could, if you come to this cold, make it feel like very culturally tied. Sure. At least yeah. in Deuteronomy, maybe. Yeah. Which is not to say that we can't still glean a clear universal value from this. Mm-hmm. So I could just kind of see a way that people might argue out of this. Because you get these, yeah. you get like weird things sometimes within scripture, like in the New Testament. It's like, yeah. yay, how about you just eat everything, dude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. Yes, yes. These things that are kind of loosened, I mm-hmm. guess. And it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder, like, does this have more of a, a, a tie to a cultural time and place? Mm-hmm. Is it more flexible or is it to us as it was to them? Yeah. I don't, I don't have the answers. Right. Josiah. Yeah. That's <laughs> well, there's a lot of different thought on that so to all okay. your, your point and your great observations there. And uh, just to start on that, I mean, if I were to simplify those two readings, I would say that Exodus gives us a theological foundation for the Sabbath and mm-hmm. Deuteronomy gives us an anthropological reason. Oh, that's interesting. For the Sabbath. So in other words, Exodus links the command to God's action. Right. And Deuteronomy links the command to man's need. Right. And that comes back to something we're going to talk about here in a little bit where Jesus says the Sabbath was made for man. Mm-hmm. Right. Which comes back to the pharisaical view of it. We think man was made for the Sabbath and you get this weird, you know, like... Chesterton talking about how, oh, like if you have a baby and the environment isn't good for the baby, it would be like scientists saying like, well, we need to throw out all the babies until they match the environment. It's like, well, no, how about you try to suit the environment to match the baby, you know? Survival of the fittest, buddy. That's right. That's right. So now I do want to say 
of course, all the commandments, and I'm I'm thinking specifically of the ten, but you know, you go the list. All the commandments were a gift in some sense, right? Because they they help the people understand how to properly relate to God and to one another. Right? That's a that's an observation. In fact, we did a series on the Ten Commandments, yeah. like mm-hmm. going on four years ago now, if you can believe that. <laughs> and that was one of the things you talk about is you've got the first four commandments, which are more to do with our relationship to God, and then the the final six having to do with our relationships with one another. Mm-hmm. So they're a gift in that sense. And of course, Christ says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And the idea here is the Sabbath is a, is a gift because it's a set-apart day for rest and for worship. So that's something that doesn't get explicitly stated in the commandments when they're given. But when you get to the book of Numbers, there are prescriptions for offerings that are to be made on the Sabbath. Okay. So it gets caught up into their worship as well. And it was also taken very seriously. This was one of the commands that you could receive death for blatantly <laughs> violating. Exactly. Right? As you could with the other commands. But you also, especially in the prophets, it's very interesting. It's almost, I feel like, unexpected. Like, I think you get, if you're reading the prophets, oh, God is condemning people for treating one another unjustly, you know, murder, idolatry. Like, yeah. But one of the things that shows up in the prophets all over the place is God denouncing the people for profaning the Sabbath. He's like, you guys are profaning my Sabbaths. Over and over again, he comes back to that. I I think, like, just the gravity that that suggests. Yeah. That's troubling. Yeah. And, I I mean, I can certainly see where all of these these questions, like, you know, Corey offered, I'm like, yeah, I get it. Yes, yes. (laughs) And you can almost begin, if I could put it this way, to sympathize with the Pharisees. I know. When they get to the point where they're like... This was one of the huge reasons we got exiled, you know, and that's actually specifically, I know I've gotten us a little off on a tangent here, but when God is describing, he's like, all right, we're done. You're going into exile into Babylon and Assyria. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons he gives is you did not give the land its rest and I'm going to give the land its owed 70 years of rest. I'm going to give it 70 years of rest and I'm going to do that by kicking you the heck out, you know? So it's very interesting that like, This really is, you can begin to see if you're reading scripture and you're paying attention, yeah, you kind of feel the fright of this. Yeah. And then, so all that is to say, as clear as the Old Testament is, this is probably one of the most difficult and contested commandments of the 10 in the new covenant. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. As far as how it fits into it. That's strange, yeah. Yeah, because, well, you mentioned earlier, you get Paul, for example, saying, some of you only want to eat vegetables and some of you are good to eat whatever. Like, you got to be convinced in your own mind. Exactly. And Jesus saying, it doesn't matter what goes into the mouth. That isn't what defiles you. It's what comes out, like mm. your words, thoughts, deeds. And so you start thinking about those things and then you start asking, well, does the Sabbath fit into that? Like, do we need to keep a Sabbath in exactly the way it's prescribed in the Old Testament? Right. Are we freed from it? If we do keep it, how are we supposed to keep it? You get a lot of questions on that, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's a very interesting topic that in the spirit of fairness, because we just don't have all the time, you could teach an entire, I think, seminary level class just on the Sabbath. Oh my word. Based on its historical development. Right. Like in the thinking of the church, it would it would be a really, if not a seminary level class, I mean, there there are books out there on this. You know what I mean? I'm it's, sure, it's a yeah. it's a it's a complex topic. So we're just, you know. As always, we're going to solve all those those quandaries and issues, yeah. and we're going to grossly oversimplify a little <laughs> bit um, and try to, you know, say something that's helpful. Yeah. But the Sabbath is certainly mentioned many times in the New Testament, but never is it explicitly given in the imperative. Right. As far as explicit commands go, 
the Sabbath is the only command debatably. And that's where I'm like, I'm, I'm hovering on my terms there because it's debatably the only one of the 10 not specifically reiterated as a command in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. And the whole reason I'm hovering and I'm saying debatably is because actually, for example, in Hebrews 4, the author says there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And linguistically, you can kind of read past that without realizing like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute, there remains. That could in fact mean the Sabbath rest remains for us to observe. Yeah. I find myself just like, there's room to wonder a little bit. Yes. Like, does it remain on offer? Is it mm-hmm. like an encouragement? Is it a command? Right. Is it, it's like, this still remains as an expectation. It, it does leave me with a few question marks, though I find it helpful to see that it is mentioned at the very least. Yes. And take it out of that text for a minute and you get something that seems a little clearer, like Colossians 2, Mm. where Paul writes, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink. So we've covered that. Or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Oh, okay. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Okay. See, so yeah, you get passages like that. Yeah, and we're looping in some of these these topics. Mm-hmm. You know, where people make wildly different decisions based on maybe you could you could say religious liberty or right. the conviction of their own conscience, and usually without issue. Usually, right. there's not a lot of fuss made about this. Mm-hmm. Like, Wait a minute, does that does that mean the Sabbath is also included in this? Right. Yes. And so here it seems like Paul is saying, just as Christians no longer need to worry about keeping the ceremonial parts of the law in their strict literal sense because they've been mm-hmm. fulfilled in Christ. Because mm-hmm. each of those categories has to do with a ceremonial aspect of the law. Yeah. You know, the festivals, new moons, food and drink. Mm-hmm. So is the case of the Sabbath. That's what it seems like he's saying. It feels like that. Yeah. Now, the question then becomes, is Paul saying the Sabbath as presented in the Old Testament is fulfilled altogether? Or just as it's specifically laid out in the ceremonial religious system of Judaism, mm. where you have to like, oh yeah, it's it's the seventh day of the week. You need to go, well, I mean, here's the other thing, like <laughs> the temple, not by the time Paul is writing Colossians, but like now, like for example, the temple's gone. Yeah. You can't make the Sabbath offerings anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I am actually, you know, so now I'm speaking, you know, I'm speaking myself here as if I wasn't speaking myself earlier, but you get what I'm saying, <laughs> I think. Um, I'm actually nowadays inclined to think he's primarily referring to the Sabbath in the latter sense Mm. and that it all is part of the whole religious ceremonial complex Mm. of Judaism because the context of the letter has to do with that subject. It has to do with refuting folks who are obsessing over ritualized action as a mean of salvation. Oh, of course. Yeah. So that's what Paul was condemning. I don't think you can get an airtight argument that Mm. in that one text he is condemning the concept of Sabbath altogether. Just this, oh no, we still have to follow the precise, literal, ceremonial yeah. aspects of the Sabbath. Yeah. That's what I think more I, or less he's getting at there. Yeah, definitely. I definitely would say that it, nothing about that feels like an airtight argument to, mm-hmm. to write something off mm-hmm. for sure. I guess more like it does feel, at least within this context, it, he's condemning an improper treatment and application of yes. the Sabbath. Now, okay, with that in mind, like how strong of a line do you draw around that? Maybe personally or, or right. as you would recommend it, like in terms of a command or requirement or encouragement or, mm-hmm. you know, suggestion. Right. Yes. <laughs> I yes. Hate using that word no, like, I get right, what you're suggest- saying. <laughs> right. No, I do think, to me, it's interesting that in the history of the church from the first centuries, what you get is, well, we get our language of the Lord's Day, mm-hmm. for example, from passages like Revelation 1 
where John is saying, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, which was a reference to Sunday, yeah. first day of the week, the day that Christ rose from the dead. You see that the church, by the time Paul is writing his letters to the Corinthians, is gathering to worship on Sundays. Like that's their day of, he's like, now on the first day of the week, when you gather together, set aside your offering, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then if you read the epistle of Barnabas, which you can find in just about any copy of the church or the apostolic fathers, mm-hmm. you can probably Google it. He talks about that. He says, we keep the eighth day Sunday with joyfulness, the day on which Jesus rose again from the dead. So they view Sunday as a special day. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying all that to preface what I'm about to now say. <laughs> okay. Um, They viewed that as a special day, and most church confessions and creeds treat Sunday as a sort of new Sabbath. Mm. So, like, if you read the Westminster Confession, for example, I'm pretty sure in the chapter on the Sabbath, they explicitly say, until the coming of Christ, the Sabbath was held on the seventh day, but now in the, and I'm getting the wording wrong, but basically, like, and since Christ's resurrection, we hold the first day of the week as the Christian Sabbath. Mm. Okay? So... All that said together, taking one thing with another, I think in our culture, there is a lot of validity to say you need to take take a day to rest. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like if you're working seven days a week, mm. not only I mean, like I think you could talk about like, the health benefits, <laughs> yeah. but also it's like there is this part of us that we're constantly having to fight against. Mm. The apostles are always writing about it. The church fathers, the reformers, all these guys. We're constantly trying to earn our way by work. Always. Like, that's a perennial temptation. Yeah. And the only way to actually do battle against that is to stop working. Mm. Not to mention, I mean, in Deuteronomy, the anthropological side of it, where it's just like, okay, you need to rest and you need to give other people an opportunity to rest. Like, you're not God, right? Mm. Like, even God. And even God (laughs) rested on the seventh day, right? So I do think. It makes sense. Like, for example, in most cases, it just makes sense for people to say, hey, you know what? Why don't you view Sunday as a Sabbath? Mm. Why not? You know, you're going to be worshiping, take the day to be with your family, do all this stuff. But I'll use my own example here to come back to like one of the questions was, how how do you do this? And I'd be curious if you have any like practices that are, you know, like, oh, here's how I spend my day of rest. Sunday is a work day for me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Um, and for the priests, it would have been a work day. Interestingly, Jesus says, you know, they didn't profane the Sabbath by working on it. But you talk about a work day. I mean, if you're making sacrifices, somebody's slaughtering those animals and it's priests, yeah, you know, so you want to talk about work. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. No. So Sunday is a, like, that's kind of adrenaline pumping, got stuff to do. Yeah. Work day. So I take Fridays off. Yeah. And uh, that means that normally, like, I'm an early riser. I'm not setting my alarm on Friday. I'm just going to sleep until the girls wake up. You know, Morgan also very often, very kindly and graciously will get up with the girls and she just lets me sleep. So, you know, getting extra sleep, that's a big one for me. And then uh, having my cup of coffee and I just, I basically try to do no mental work because most of my work is all in the spiritual mind realm. And there was a rabbi, fittingly enough. Hmm. I think it was, oh, I can't, was it Rabbi Hillel? I I am making, I can't remember who it was. Some rabbi who I think wisely, it's a wisdom thing, said, if you work with your mind, Sabbath with your hands. And if you work with your hands, Sabbath with your mind. Hmm. So part of that for me means like I read on my Sabbath, but I'm going to read you know, like, oh, I want to read Lord of the Rings. Like, yeah. not, you know, oh, I'm going to read Foundations of Contemporary Interpretation, <laughs> you know. So, in addition to that, when the weather is nice, it's like, oh, we're going to go hike. Like, oh, let's just take yeah. the girls out. Let's go hike. Let's go play at a playground. Yeah. Let's go play games. Like, let's let's just go out 
and go do something Mm -hmm. kind of physical. Not that it's necessarily super intense because the idea is to be refreshed. And I think that's the, and then I want to, I just want to hear if you have any, just for fun, (laughs) you know, and you're answering Corey's question. But um, that comes back to Sabbath as a gift. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, again, you don't want to (laughs) put... That was a problem with the Pharisees is like they had all these rules around you can't walk so far and you can't do this and you can't do that. It's like you've made it more of a burden now for people yeah. like the the Sabbath was meant to be a gift, like enjoy it, you know, also that there's nothing to speak of like works of necessity and mercy, like which Jesus did. Like, yeah, he went to the synagogue and healed people on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, works of necessity, big works of, of mercy, big point of contention you know? for some of the uh, Pharisees. Right. Yeah. So like if somebody... You know, like I've had this before where um, a family in the church had a loved one pass away and they're like, mm. the funeral's on a Friday. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, sorry. Like, <laughs> sorry, day off, like, yeah, that's my Sabbath rest is going to be, I'm enjoying that. I'm not doing it. Like, yeah, I'm going to go do the funeral. Yeah. But generally, I do try to pretty jealously guard mm. that time of rest because, again, Sunday, working hard and you just don't get a lot of opportunity to rest there. So, yeah. and I, want, I need to rest. You know, we all, we need, we need that. Yeah. And so I want to enjoy that as a gift, and I do enjoy mm. that gift. So I don't know. Do you have any anything on that? That you? Um, it's not extremely tied down, but I, I think I can like observe certain patterns or certain commonalities. Like, um, let's say when it comes to a project that I'm in the middle of, like right now, preparing mm. for the next series, and there's yep. a lot of like development uh, involved in in trying to make sure everything looks cohesive and adapting it for its different purposes. And when I'm like on the trail of something it stays on my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't, I, like, it sounds goofy, but right. it's like, I can't wait to get back to this thing because I feel right. like I'm solving a puzzle. Yeah. And um, I look forward to like returning to that project. But when it comes to like, okay, I have this day off, I'm going to to choose to not do this and like free myself of guilt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. like, this is okay to do. It's okay to stop doing that. And I, and I do not need to carry any sense of guilt around choosing not to do it. And then like with that time off, it's like, like you said, I love to sleep in. I sleep in insofar as it does not damage my schedule. Yeah, that's, like, yeah. I, yes, fair. like how much sleep can I get? Yes. I love it so much. And like even even the day prior, it's like I get to stay up tonight Yeah, because I can sleep in tomorrow on my mm-hmm. day off. And I think like because I'm at home and this is this is kind of where it brings in some of that like hand mind sort of thing is that because what I do is often like you know working within my own mind like creatively yeah. and it's kind of in my imagination what yeah. I can like make real. I'm at home now. It, it is like wildly refreshing for me to be able to clean my house. Right. Oh, yeah. And like that is a point in and like really it's like to Corey's credit here. It's like when I really start to, you know, discern what this is saying, I'm like, wait a minute. Can I do this? Can I? Wait, I can do this, right? Yeah. And <laughs> I've had some of these same questions. Like, is it a, right. should I not do that today? But I think like what could be work to someone, this in some spaces is someone's job yeah. that they do for a living. It's not mine. So it is it is not my job. Right. In the same sense. And so when I when I get to clear my counter and everything looks clean and feels fresh and smells fresh, I'm like, Yeah, man, that pine salt does wonders. <laughs> I love it. I feel refreshed in yeah. every sense of the word. And I really do feel like rejuvenated for my surroundings to reflect that. Yes. And have the opportunity to do that without trying to, you know, like crunch it into a schedule. So yes. it gives me an opportunity to do those things, but also in other ways to not work and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. So I think that's all great. Mm-hmm. And I am sure we have not really, there's just so much more we could say. That's yeah. part of what I want to leave off with is I think you could do, maybe we come back, maybe we just do a whole series on the Sabbath and talk through the different implications and views and all that. But I think what, if anything, our other listeners and Corey can take away from this is, 
I would keep Sabbath and keep it as a gift. Part of what Jesus gets at so often in the Gospels is like, stop sweating it. Like, just enjoy it, you know? Like, don't be like the Pharisees. Be like, you picked grains of, you know, heads of grain while you were walking on the Sabbath. All these are bad. Like, (laughs) no, just like, like, it's a Sabbath. Eat. Like, enjoy yourself, you know? Uh, Rest in the Lord and receive it as the gift that God wants it to be. You know, the Sabbath Mm -hmm. was made for us. It was a gift of God. So, yeah, that's what we'll say there. And maybe we'll come back to it. Mm. Well, thanks as always for listening. And if you have any other questions, you know, if you're like, hey, well, you know what? That raised about 27 more questions. I understand that. Email them to us like Corey did at podcast at horizonschurch.net. And uh, if you did find this helpful and you want to leave us an honest five-star review, you can do that in the Apple Podcast platform. But at any rate, thank you as always for listening. We hope you enjoy a day of rest this week and we'll catch you next time. Mm.